Oh, he bounced off of the stanchion and it's ripped wide. Oh, Niederreiter had an empty net and just fired it wide. Now it's Lawrence for Jarvis to the slot. He scores! Back in the lineup into the back of the net for Seth Jarvis in Carolina. Takes the 1 nothing lead. Lawrence with a monster hit in the corner. As he puts the body on Nick Dowd. Now Stahl goes after Dowd. And the Canes are bringing the heavy game here to PNC Arena. But one hand control and Jensen has to take a shoulder from Trocek. Spins off of that hit. Trocek, though, bothers him enough to throw the puck along the boards. And the Canes keep in bare. Gets it to Trocek. He scores! Vincent Trocek with an absolute missile over the shoulder of Samsonov. And we're tied at two. the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. The Canes Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. After a fun game, a physical game, high energy, tempo was high. But a loss in a shootout, 4-3 to the Washington Capitals. Uh, Canes made a bunch of mistakes again. They played the worst, dumbest overtime I have ever seen them play, ever, 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 ever. And they are now 0-2-1 on the season against the Capitals uh, with a game, when is it? Not next week, but the week after. I believe Monday, so a week from Monday in D.C. to close out the season series. I'm going to give people a little bit of insight here. Trying to think, but was it in 2009, was it 2019 when the Hurricanes were 0-4 against the Capitals? Actually, it might have been 2-2, but they definitely lost their last two against Washington before making the playoffs, and then we all know what happened. So we'll see. Uh, I think Carolina could beat this team, but Carolina did not play well tonight. Did not play well tonight. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. Sammy Hannon and his crew do a great job. Uh, if you want windows or siding or roofing or entry doors, storm doors, gutter helmets, AluminumCompany.com, free no obligation estimate right there. Carolina tried something different tonight. 
They tried not being the better team. Got him a point. I don't call that success because you didn't win the game. Uh, but it's one of those weird nights where you think, man, we should have got two points. And then you realize, damn, isn't it great that we got one point out of that? Because Washington was significantly better than Carolina. They dominated the puck tonight, especially, gosh, especially in the third period in overtime. They outshot Carolina 40-20. to 20. They outchanced Carolina 27-20. They outgrade-aid Carolina 11-8. It's actually a low-grade-A game, I think. Uh, certainly, uh, probably for Washington, but uh, I don't know. Maybe 11-8 is kind of normal, but uh, I actually think Carolina played a really strong game defensively. thought Brett Pesci played one of the best games of his career tonight. I mean, that, that's a little hyperbolic, but he certainly played one of the best games of the season, one of his best games of the season tonight. Uh, and he, for the most part, Pesci and Shea had the assignment on Ovechkin. Uh, and I thought they were just dynamite. Uh, Alex really didn't impact the game until that late power play. Vincent Trocek, what are you doing? And of course, in the shootout where Carolina ultimately... Uh, skated home with their tails between their legs with just one point. A couple of things about it. We'll go through the goals, then we'll talk to Alec Campbell, and I'll be brief. Uh, at least two of the three goals that Auntie Ranta allowed were unacceptable goals. You know, nobody talked about it in the, uh, in the postgame, and I understand it uh, because I think we're all smart enough to know, and Auntie Ranta will uh, be the first to admit you can't allow the first goal. You can't allow a goal from that angle. That's a Scott Darling goal from that angle. I don't care. You want to say the shot was great. There's no way you can allow that puck to go in from where Yevgeny Kuznetsov was. Can't do it. So that goal was bad. I thought the Carlson goal that made it 2-1 was bad. Uh, he had a clear look. Yes, did, did Carlson unleash a slap shot? Uh, from basically just beyond the face-off dot on the right? Yeah, but guess what it didn't do? It didn't pick a top corner. It didn't go in off the, uh, the, the inside of the far post. It just, it beat him right through his pad. I mean, you have to make that, have to make that save. And this is two games in a row where, uh, there was a bad goal or maybe two bad goals in today's case. And you have to be able to come up with a save. So right now, Carolina is figuring out ways to lose. Uh, and I say this with the full understanding that it is just three games in a row. All right. It's not, it's not, they're not on a seven game losing streak. They're Oh, two and one in their last three. After winning what four in a row, look, they still have the best. Uh, well, well, they'll uh, they'll have the second best record behind Florida uh, in the Eastern Conference. They still lead the Metro, uh, and they picked up a point, so they have a five point lead over the Rangers and the Penguins. Not even sure who's in second now, uh, and the games in hand are gone. Uh, and the Carolina Hurricanes play the Rangers on Sunday with a chance to stretch that lead out. I think Sunday's a massive, massive, massive game uh, 
Carolina played a very physical game. Uh, Brendan Smith, I thought, was excellent. Uh, but they got a lot of hitting from, heck, Stephen Lawrence threw, threw his body around for a bit. Uh, it was just a good, heavy, fun, physical hockey game. And they got a point. They weren't the better team by a long shot. Uh, but then again, they had a third-period lead, and you hate blowing third-period leads. A couple of good things. Gaines scored the first goal for the first, uh, scored a first-period goal for the first time in eight games. Baby steps, people. Seth Jarvis scored for the first time in nearly two months. The last time Seth Jarvis scored a goal, he was 19. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, and they scored three in a game, but they should have scored more. Can I just ask this question? Nino Niederreiter, Bubby, how did you not hit the empty net in the first period? Like, Samsonov was on walkabout. The puck comes right to Nino, and for some reason, he takes this big wind-up of a slap shot, and he shoots it wide and high. Far side. I, I don't, I for the life of me, I don't get it. I mean, you have to put that puck in the net. It's way more acceptable that Brady Shea lost control of the puck trying to put it past the goalie on uh, in Toronto yesterday, uh, put it past Shelgren, uh, because it was a difficult move to make, but he's a pro, he should be able to make it, and he lost control of the puck. There's no excuse for Nino missing the net. None. You don't even have to take a big slap shot. John Carlson was there, but just, just get it on the blade of your stick and just snap it in the goal. I didn't understand the big slap shot there. Uh, so I don't understand how Nino didn't score. And I don't understand in the first period how Trocek doesn't score. The best thing Martin Natchez did all night was the saucer pass to Trocek on the uh, on the right side. And all Trocek has to do, he's got the whole upper part of the goal, is just elevated into the back of the net. And he hits it off the outside of the post. Like, gosh, you got to be kidding. That has to be, these have to be goals. We're going to get into May hockey, and you're not going to get a lot of opportunities. So if you can't score on those, I just, what do you do? And I understand that there's a lot of people out there, well, we have to, we have to get this, we have to go out and get this, we have to get this. Yeah, I mean, there are certain things you'd love for them to be able to do that they aren't able to do. But the best thing for this team would be for the people who are supposed to score goals to just freaking do it. They're not bringing in a player better than Natchez, right? (laughs) They're just not. They have no cap space, so you're not bringing in a player better than him. You know, did did they pursue Claude Giroux? Yeah, they did. And... It, it was, it's dubious whether Giroux would waive his no-trade clause for Carolina. He certainly might have. But the bottom line is, he makes over $8 million this year. Carolina's got like $1.75 million of cap space. And they'd have to find two teams other than Philadelphia to launder the, the rest of that money to get 
under the cap. So that ain't happening. And the truth is, is that the Hurricanes are probably going to have to look to, if they're looking for a forward, uh, uh, more of a bottom six forward, maybe one that could play with a little physicality and has a little bit of a scoring touch around the goal. Uh, think Jordan Martinuk if Jordan Martinuk had hands. Okay? Anyway, uh, but you have to be able to score these. Like, you're just not going to get that many opportunities to score in the playoffs. That has to get in. That has to get in. Sebastian Ajo started the game on left wing today. Quick theory on this. I think the head coach is trying to light a little bit of a fire under him. Just a hunch. I uh, I have spoken to uh, Rod plenty over the last week or so. Um, he has certainly not been upset at Ajo. There are always going to be peaks and valleys in your game. I think this little valley, apart from the Colorado game, apart from a game in Pittsburgh, not this most recent one, but the one before that, or maybe it was the one here against the Penguins, I think Ajo's been excellent against, uh, mostly against Crosby. So, you know, but the last couple just have not been good. And and he was not good in Toronto. And if Carolina is going to be, you know, if you're going to, you know, advance in the playoffs and pursue a cup, CBS has to be great. And he just hasn't been great the last few games. And I think Rod was like, I'm going to slide you to the wing tonight. Uh, I didn't particularly love, I thought Jesperi Kotkaniemi was good in the first period and not good the rest of the way. I think Carolina's best sequence of the game was probably the first, uh, maybe the last 10 minutes of the second period, if I remember this correctly. I think the last 10 minutes, last half of the second period, I think was their best. After that, it was trash. The third period was trash. Overtime was worse than trash. And again, two awful goals to allow. Uh, Real quick on how the goals were scored. Uh, Seth Jarvis uh, from uh, Lorenz, or, or I'm sorry. Seth Jarvis from Lawrence at 517 of the first Steve intercepted a pass at center ice. He carried it across, gave it to Jarvis. Jarvis uh, deked inside or ducked inside from the left wing toward the middle of the ice uh, and just snapped one through. Good net drive by Lawrence on that play. It was Jarvis's ninth goal and his first since January 21st. We are dang near two months removed from his last goal. Uh, He did say, as you heard, as you will hear, I'm sorry, he did say that it was the longest goal drought of his career. And he's not just talking about Hurricanes career, yeah, but minor junior career, right? It has not gone well lately for Jarvis. Carolina needs him to score goals because you can't expect all your goals basically to come from one line and then you know, uh, a trickle here and there, but they need at least two lines going. And right now, Carolina, frankly, has none. Uh, two and a half, two fifteen later, uh, Niederreiter gave the puck away senselessly behind his own net. 
Uh, it became Yevgeny uh, Yevgeny Kuznetsov's twenty-first goal. Terrible goal for Tiranta to, to allow. I mean, there's no excuse for it, but you know he's been great. So you're not going to bang. You're not going to get rid of him because he gave up a terrible goal. But it was a terrible goal to give up. Three and change later, uh, John Carlson got the puck on top of the right circle. Uh, Connor McMichael uh, came into the zone with a lot of speed. Uh, skated basically all the way down the wing toward the, the the goal line extended and then gave the puck to Carlson just inside the top of the right circle. And he ripped one uh, really through Ranta. To me, the first two goals, the first goal was unacceptable. You just can't allow that from that angle. Second goal, I mean, it's like a, a distant cousin of the first goal. It's a bad goal. Goes through him. It didn't pick a corner. It didn't go, you know, under the bar. It he got beat clean by a slap shot through you. And that can't happen. Anyway, so it's 2-1 after one. Carolina was not the better team. Uh, so it was sort of you get what you deserve. Second period, Hurricanes scored both goals. Uh, Trocek's 17th. Aho and Vinny win battles along the wall behind the net to the right of Samsonov looking out. Uh, and then the puck gets back to Ian ba- Ethan Bear, kind of near the point, and he just drifts it forward for Trocek, who was perched in the high slot, and he just wound and ripped it for the goal. That actually tied the game. And then... Uh, the play, uh, which was absolutely gorgeous for Seth Jarvis's second of the game. Stall wins the draw. Carolina gets the puck into the corner. Come out. Stall will try to get to it. Especially about 15 seconds left here. Now Stall up for Jarvis. He scores! Oh, what a setup and what a way for the Hurricanes off the draw. Hard on pucks. And the second of the night for Seth It was a great goal. So many good things about it. Win a draw, puck retrieval, puck pursuit. Great pass from Stahl to Jarvis. Uh, And a good finish. We need guys who can finish around the net. Uh, Nice to have you back, Seth. Uh, Then we go to uh, the third period. And Carolina, I think they maybe barricaded themselves inside the locker room. Uh, Power play goal, Alexander Ovechkin just under five minutes left. Uh, bad penalty on Vincent Trocek, right off the draw, low shot, went underneath the pad of Antiranta. It's like it's not a good goal to allow, but he also probably didn't get a good look at it. But still, just not a good goal. These, the other two were really, really bad. This one was just like, yeah, you don't want to allow that goal. Uh, and then, of course, Alexander Ovechkin. Uh, does this when we go to penalties. Alexander Ovechkin, one for three this year. Game's on his stick. In on Ronto. Ovechkin, backhand, he'll score. And the extra point goes to the Washington Capitals. Yeah, that sucks. Brenda Moore said after the game, it sucks to watch him do his thing because <laughs> you're playing against him. Uh, but Alexander Ovechkin, they they did a really good job. Brett Pesci, 
Brady Shea, they did a great job on the Ovechkin line. They were out there for almost all of Ovechkin's shifts. Uh, but you can't guard the shootout. So uh, so there you go. My man Alec Campbell, Stormwatch, Aftermath, Intermissions, Hurricanes Radio Network, on site today. Good for you. You saw a heck of a game. It was high energy. It was fun. Yeah. I don't think Carolina was all that great, but they got a point. So <laughs> I'm not that upset about it. No, I... I didn't think they were that great either. The head coach didn't think they were that great. But as I've said multiple times, it was one of the most entertaining, if not the most entertaining games I have watched this year. And I tweeted that out, and some doofus goes, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Man, lighten <laughs> up, Francis. That's what I have to say to that. Right. Like, losing, obviously, is not fun. Yeah. And the Hurricanes did get a point out of it. But... They weren't that good. They were nope. sloppy, really, from the beginning of the game. I mean, the, the first period was really kind of a swap fest, if you ask me. Um, you know, and sometimes games like this turn out to be that way just because these two teams, you know, it's almost like you just got to get something off your chest for right. those first, you know, for those first 20 minutes or so. I knew how the, I knew what was going to happen. The game was going to settle down after that. And it was just a matter of whether or not the Hurricanes weren't completely taken out of their game by the way the first period played out. And I think to some like that's that's what I think the takeaway is for me tonight. Because as much as we talk about the Hurricanes playing a physical brand of hockey and the, the sandpaper and all that stuff, I mean I love it. I, I mean I think that's what makes hockey great is that that kind of game that we saw tonight. It's just that. At some point, if it's not your bread and butter, if it's not really what you do, like when does it get to a point where it kind of takes you out of your game? And the Kings just never really found it tonight. I thought they they played a decent enough second period, yeah. But then you get to the third, and it's like there was really no offensive threat in the third. Yeah, and they. Got enough zero puck possession in, in overtime. I mean, zero possession. They get credited with one shot, but it wasn't really a shot. It was just, I think, Slavin throwing it up the ice as time expired. Um, yeah, so that's it right. So it's really a, a poor finish to the game. I mean, I was a little surprised. It felt like Carolina was sitting back in the third period. They, they could not get out of their own zone. And, I mean, what do we hear all the time about Rod Brindamore is that he wants to keep the foot on the gas and they really had no, I mean, I know Washington was down, so they were going to come hard. They were going to push hard. And, uh, I kind of felt it. I felt the goal coming. I mean, I tweeted oh, yeah. about it right before the, right before the, uh, the penalty to Trocek, you know, it was like, I don't feel great about this. Yeah, no, I, right I, I saw that tweet. I actually think that, that was probably, at that point of the third period, I thought the game was sort of starting to trend Carolina's way right maybe the last 30 seconds before then, and then Trocek took the silly penalty. I mean, yeah. there was just no reason for it. But going back probably about two minutes prior, uh, Carolina had at least two, probably more, chances to get the puck out of the zone. And they couldn't do it. 
And they just couldn't get the puck out of the zone. They had a chance to carry it out of the zone. They tried to pass it out of the zone. Didn't go out of the zone. uh, Hit somebody and stayed in. And then they finally get a whistle. Uh, You know, Ronta melts down the puck. They get a whistle. They get a defensive zone faceoff. I don't know if they won it or not, but ended up with like two defensive zone faceoffs. And then they got the puck out. uh, And it almost looked like they were about to, I mean, maybe a, Maybe I'm projecting here, but it didn't look as bad. And then he, then Trocek takes the penalty, and then you knew what was going to happen. I mean, it was such a given. Uh, and I think you're probably right uh, in that, because I, I texted to you. I think you're probably right in that Ronta didn't see that puck, but I still don't know if it's a good goal, because it went right under his pad. Yeah. Right, I mean, uh, right under the left pad, and I hated the other two goals that he allowed. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's that's kind of my takeaway. Is just it, to me, it was less egregious than the other two. I mean, I have no idea how Kuznetsov scored his goal. Yeah, I mean, no. it, it, like literally, if you go back and watch the replay, Ronsa tries to like head the puck out. Right. <laughs> I mean, he he makes a concerted effort to like throw it, thrust his head at the puck to try to make the save. I mean, this is the only place the puck could fit. I, so I have no idea how that scores. The second one, I mean, a Carlson's just completely unattended. That's a. I think that was a stall problem. Everybody was caught watching Connor McMichael with the puck. Yeah, and then you know he has a free look at the shot. So I didn't like either of those two goals either. The third one, I'm kind of willing to to give a little. I didn't. I, I got to go back and look at the play. I wanted to see if the the old Washington pick play was run to free up uh, to free up Ovechkin. Well, it didn't even it didn't off. have to be run. I mean, the the yeah. uh, the faceoff it just kind of squirted back to him. It just uh, felt like he had so much time. He did. He absolutely did. Um, and, well, and it kind of spoiled what I thought was a great defensive night. Like Brett Pesci was awesome tonight. He was. He was the best player. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you know, he. I I was, I was prepared with about six minutes to go. I had written my stars down. You know, I don't. I I was kind of like let's let's just write, see who who we got here. Uh, and I mean, I thought Pesci was great. I loved Brendan Smith's game tonight, even though Smith got victimized a little bit on that. I gave Michael him both goal. stars. I gave him both stars, Pesci and Smith. Yeah, and Seth Jarvis was very good. And, and like, I said this earlier, I actually, I'm going to give, there There were a couple of things that I found to be encouraging tonight. First of all, they scored a first period goal for the first time in eight games. So, uh, I mean, I realize polite golf clap, but holy crap, no first period goals, seven straight games. Uh, first time this year they had a lead on uh, Washington, by the way. Uh, Seth Jarvis scores for the first time in nearly two months. Um, Carolina cannot be a, a, a true cup contender unless either Jarvis and probably both and Natchez start scoring goals. So, and I think I've said this to you before. I've liked parts of Jarvis Jarvis's game better than anything that Natchez has done over the last two months. Uh, but Jarvis has been less productive than Natchez. 
I, but I also think he has been less damaging than Natchez because Natchez is uh, coupling poor production with horrible puck management. And for the most part, Jarvis hasn't done that. Uh, of course, Natchez has played significantly more than Jarvis has, uh, and Natchez has not come out of the lineup at all. Uh, I have a hard time seeing Seth Jarvis come out of the lineup now for a while. I think you're going to see Seth stay in the lineup. Uh, Rod, Rod knows they need they need goal scoring. That I mean to me that's why they put Aho on the wing. I I wonder this because Aho ended up playing the uh, the third period back in the middle. Um, do you have a theory as to why Rod did that tonight? I mean, I think he kind of saw an opportunity with Martin being out of the lineup where he could move the centers around a little bit and it kind of it kind of worked out that way but I mean I don't know anything other than maybe he just felt like he wanted to try to spark some five on five scoring from Ajo I don't know don't really have a theory my theory is this other than the Colorado game and the the Pittsburgh game uh, that was, I guess, right before the trip to Philly, the back-to-back in in Pittsburgh, in Philly. Sebastian just been eh for like the last couple of weeks. Hasn't been great. And I thought he was particularly mediocre uh, in the last game. And if you're going to be the guy then you can't afford to do that. Not against the good teams. You just can't. And I think Rod was sending a little message to him. I really do. Uh, and I think Sebastian yeah. played a pretty good game playing on the left side of Trocek with Taravon. I think he played pretty well. Um, I don't know that their third period was very good, but I don't know if that's Aho Taravon, and uh, Nita Ryder, which was reunited tonight in the third period. Or if it's just the entire team never had the puck, so they were just skating around playing defense all third period. Uh, so, but that—that's my theory. My theory was that it was a little bit of a message being sent from the head coach to his, you know, I guess theoretically his best player. I think he is, uh, but he just hasn't played like it of late. And I thought maybe that there was an injury, but I was told that there is no injury. So it's not like they're trying to protect something like they did in the playoffs back in 19 where he stopped taking face-off, face-offs and Brock McGinn was taking face-offs. I'm like, okay, something's wrong. <laughs> Sebastian Ajo was hurt, uh, but that was a long time ago. Anyway, so I was um, – that's what, that's what I thought about it. But I like I liked Jarvis. I was glad to see him obviously getting the score sheet. Uh, and uh, they scored three go- three goals in a game for the first time in five games. Isn't that great? It is great. I like your theory. I have a theory as well. Sure. The reason Seth Jarvis was so successful tonight was because of Pinehurst number two. <laughs> Spent the day a couple of days ago, yeah. as we talked about last night. And, I mean, that will free anyone up. I mean, as hard as Pinehurst number two is, I mean, you just go spend a couple of days down there or a day down there, and you're just immediately in a good mood. 
and I think that's uh, it's good for your mental space. Yeah, so I, want, I, I give I give Pinehurst Resort all the credit for Seth Jarvis scoring tonight. God, if I didn't know better, yeah, I would think that you are a paid endorser. Uh, maybe Jarvis stayed in uh, the Holly Inn and uh, made his way to the first tee, a number two, at like uh, 8.30. They played, and they had uh, maybe Coladas. No, he's not even old yeah. enough to have a Colada. Uh, they had uh, Shirley Temples on the, on the veranda. He probably stayed in Dorna Cottage. That's oh, my guess. very nice. Probably stayed at Dorna Cottage, right there on the third hole, <laughs> home of the great Donald Ross. We cleanse the mind, but you're probably right. They probably probably went up on the veranda after playing around, had a couple of transfusions, watched some amateurs screw up. Well, Seth, Seth's not old enough, so yeah, but you know. It's, uh, you find a way. You think you Coke and Emmy, who's just old enough, you think he ordered one for him? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Probably sure. did. He yeah. probably did. Did Nino Niederreiter have maybe the worst game? maybe the worst first period of his entire season? So, it was rough for Nino. I, I think what happened to Nino is that his his aggressiveness backfired. Like I think that I think there's a way to look at that, look at his game more positively. It's just that none of the stuff he tried to do worked. Um, but you know, I thought he was trying to be physical. I thought he was trying to be aggressive, but it just it backfired on him. And I'm a little concerned, honestly, about any retroactive. A punishment for him for what happened there along the bench. Along the bench, he, right? He did kind of whack at a player he with did. a stick, and I mean, you can't Hit him in the weaponize your right. You can't weaponize your stick like that. So, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a suspension come down, maybe one game or yeah. something like that. It wouldn't I, be. I would, it wouldn't be more than that. But yeah. so let's let's run through Nito's first period. We had the no goalie in front of the net. Yeah. Big wind-up slap shot yeah. wide. Yeah, that that was disconcerting, but I, I, I want to go back and watch it again because I think Carlson was a little more of a hindrance than it looked to the naked eye. All right, I watched it. Uh, Carlson is definitely there. There's no question about it. And the puck was kind of on edge. It wasn't it wasn't sitting uh clean. But yeah. no excuse for missing the net. There's yeah, no excuse for winding up and trying to blast it through the back of the goal. Yeah, it's still pretty pretty egregious. Just put it on yeah. your stick and shove it in the net. So that right. we had that. Uh then we had first, I, I, I don't know how he didn't get the primary assist on the Kuznetsov goal because he, yeah, for no was... reason, gave it away and gave it yeah. right to him. And then, you know, the official's arm went up in the air because Nino, uh, what, what did he, elbow or shouldered into Ovechkin's. Like, After Ov- the play. Yeah, Ovechkin yeah. dove. 
I mean, it was, the the uh, the Capitals are get away with so much embellishment. It's hysterical. Oh, oh, I I mean, Nino's strong, but Ovechkin's two hundred and forty pounds or whatever the hell he is. Stop it with uh, Ovechkin f- flailing back like that. Either way, so he commits a penalty. Uh, then we have the issue by the bench. So it was a rough first period for Nino. I thought I think he he sort of got caught up in yeah. the emotions of the first period. I don't think Nino was terrible the rest of the way, but that was a pretty bad first period. It was. It was. It wasn't great for Nino. And they got three tonight, probably in spite of themselves. Um, you know, Stahl with a super pass to Jarvis. That was a beautiful... That was the. That was probably the best sequence. Actually, both goals in the period were really good. That, that that's so. They, there were pockets of good. Uh, Aho and Trocheck winning a battle behind the behind the Trocheck and Aho behind the net. Then Aho kind of forcing the puck up the wall. Aho didn't get a get a point, and I don't think he ever touched the puck, so it's not a big deal. Uh, but Aho's battle along the wall on the left got allowed the puck to come all the way out to Bear, and then uh, he shoved it up to Trocheck and. Uh, that was that goal, and then uh, the other one. Uh, Stall wins the faceoff. Uh, Shea shot gets ricochets into the corner. Then there's retrieval and a great pass across to to Jarvis for the goal. So there were pockets of really good. Uh, but old, how does Trocheck miss the net on a three on one? <laughs> I don't know. I'll just choose to remember the the pass breakup on the other end. Oh yeah, there was it was a great play by Trocheck, a super play to get, to get that puck going the other way. I just don't know how you missed it. I mean, the Hurricanes have the the best record in the Eastern Conference, Alec. How can they do that and not be able to score in transition? I don't know. I don't have the answer. They miss dunks. They're the only team in the NHL that can't make a dunk. Uh, anything else to uh, to report? No, I don't think so. I think that pretty much covers it. Okay. All right. Well, they're uh, they're forty one, fourteen and six, so it's not that bad. Eighty eight points tied with Florida. Monster season. Sounds terrible. I hate it for them, honestly. We are brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it, and. Uh, if you want to make your home more energy efficient, more beautiful from the outside, windows, siding, roofing, oh, they have it all. Gutter helmets, you'll never get on a ladder again. Aluminumcompany.com for a free no-obligation estimate. Follow the Canes Corner Podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can give us a rating and uh, let us know what you think uh, because this is for you, the Hurricane fan. Uh, appreciate your time. We'll talk to you after the Canes and the Rangers. Okay? Okay. Bye. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can listen to this podcast at WRALsportsband.com or wherever you get your podcasts.